Well, hey friends, does your mind ever feel as cluttered, messy, and stuffed as Monica Geller's closet? Even those of us that seem like we have it all together on the outside can have a hot mess happening on the inside. And what goes on in our thoughts will eventually show up in our lives. On this episode, I'm going to share how to declutter your mind in five powerful steps. Let's go. Welcome to Fruition Mindset, where it's all about mindset coaching for Christian entrepreneurs. Hey, I see you trying to get this thing to work for you, but feeling like you're struggling with decisions and stuck in doubt. You're afraid to commit, you feel like you have one foot in and one foot out, and you keep second guessing your every move. When I wanted to start my first business over 10 years ago, I was the same way. It didn't matter how many letters I had behind my name or what my credentials were, I never felt qualified. I'm Kayla Eggenberger, wife, mom, and daughter of the King, and I'm here to tell you that you can transform your mindset, ditch doubt, and take confident action in your business. Your breakthrough is on the other side of letting go of all these fears you have around your business, finally saying yes and stepping into who God has created you to be and where he's calling you to go. If you're ready to develop the mindset you need to take the dreams and goals God has laid on your heart and bring them into fruition, you are in the right place. So fill up your favorite mug, grab your journal, and get ready to take some thoughts captive. So I think most of us have to work at staying organized with just the amount of stuff that we have and everything that we have going on in our lives. And I've been trying to help my kids get organized. I have pretty young children. One is eight and one is five, and they just really struggle to stay organized. And frankly, I've had a hard time staying organized myself, even as an adult. I was pretty much never organized as a kid, and it's something that I've had to work at and a skill that I've had to develop as an adult, and I've gotten better and better and better at it over the years. But although my kids are still young, they are old enough to be responsible for their own things in their own space, right? And so now that it's summer, I thought, hey, this is a great time to help my kids get organized and for us to work on that skill together. And I started to realize that like my husband has, my husband is very neat, very organized. And he has the expectation of being able to tell the kids like, hey, go clean your room or go clean the playroom or the loft. And it just be done and be done correctly. And whereas I always feel the need to do it for them, up until now, they've been pretty young. Like my youngest has been you know, young, young enough where, and moms, you know what I'm talking about, where you feel like you just need a day or a couple hours where they're just not present so you can declutter some of their things. But now that they're a little bit older, they're definitely to the age where they need to be part of the process. And I started to realize that part of the reason that they struggle to be organized is because up until now, in a lot of ways, I've kind of done it for them. And then my husband has not done it for them, but had the expectation that they just know how to do it. And yet nobody has really taught them how to declutter and how to be organized. And I had this epiphany and I was like, oh, like, (laughs) wow, shocking that that hasn't worked, (laughs) right? Like, it's such an obvious thing, like they need to be taught. And so I listened to the Organized 365 podcast, which I love. It's with Lisa Woodruff. And 
she talks about well, a ton of stuff on the podcast, but I recently have been listening to the things that she has surrounding kids, and I actually bought her kids organization program. And in that program, she teaches, you know, kids how to declutter things and how to clean their room. And what I found so interesting is that she lays out the steps to clean to cleaning your room for a child. And she tells the parent, you know, whenever you go through these steps, like the first week you're going to do them all and the kid is going to basically watch you. And then the next week they're going to do the first step and then you're going to do the rest of the steps and basically they're going to be there with you. And then the next week after that, they're going to do the first step and the second step and then you're going to do the rest and they're going to kind of observe you. And so basically she was saying that, you know, it takes, it's going to take a while, right? It's going to take like 11 weeks <laughs> for the kid to be, 11 or 12 weeks for the kid to be doing it fully on their own. But at that point, they will have a very clear picture of exactly what to do and how to do it. And they will have done it and they will have seen you do it a bunch of times. So anyway, the point is that like, there's so many things that we think that we should just know how to do, especially in our business. We see other people that are years ahead of us, you know, two, three, four, five, ten years, and they're doing things that we don't know how to do. And part of it is that we haven't really been taught and we haven't practiced it and implemented it. So anyway, I found that kind of interesting about how to teach your kids to, to, to declutter. And it also made me think of how that's kind of what we do in coaching. So today I'm going to talk about five steps to declutter your mind. These steps are very powerful and they will help you, especially if you put them into practice and do it routinely. But at the same time, I want you to know that this is something that does take practice and it can be really helpful for you to have somebody that knows how to do it to guide you along as you start to develop this skill. And that's where coaching comes in. Because you know how whenever you ask your kids to clean their room and a lot of times there are things that get like shoved under the bed or that are stuck under the dresser or just they just miss for whatever reason that's kind of how we are like we miss things in our brain that are tripping us up that we don't even realize are causing a problem like we think we're doing the work we think we're doing everything correctly and just like my kids think they're doing a great job whenever the floor is clear even though it's all stuffed under the beds and a coach can come in and lovingly show you that hey like I think this thing under the bed might be something that you need to clear up Okay, so I'm sure you have decluttered a drawer or a closet or something before. And the good news is that decluttering your mind is a very similar process. It is not that different. I want you to think of your mind like Monica's closet, right? Like it is jam-packed full of stuff. And so to even be able to get started to figure out what to do or what to address or what to keep or what to toss, we first have to get everything out right? We have to see what is actually in there because it's been years and years and years of putting stuff in there and then just letting it be. So step one is to just pour out everything that's in your mind onto paper. This step alone is super powerful. Even if you don't do any of the other steps, this can be super powerful because it at least brings awareness to what is going on. You can gain so much insight just from seeing on paper 
what's going on in your head and your brain because we think so many thoughts all day, every day. And I can't remember what the research is. I didn't look it up before I started this podcast. I'm just thinking of this kind of spur of the moment. But I know that there's research that shows that a lot of the things that we think are repeat thoughts. Like we think a lot of the same things all the time. And if we're not paying attention to what those thoughts are, we're just kind of letting our brain run wild and it's an undisciplined mind, then it can be things that really aren't serving us. So at least just getting your thoughts down onto paper can be a huge benefit. Now, one way to do this is through journaling and make sure that you listen to the quick tip on Tuesday because I'm going to talk about my method of journaling that actually works, that that actually has me journaling consistently, whereas I tried for years to do that and was never really able to implement it and make it stick. Okay, so the first powerful step is to dump out what's in your brain onto paper. And the second step is to sort. So just like you're cleaning out your closet, right? You're going to get everything out of there, see what's there. And now you kind of have to make sense of it in some way, like what's going on. So you sort it. So first you want to put like with like. So if you're cleaning out the closet, you have everything out and you see that you have you know, 10 towels, like you're going to put all the towels in a pile, right? And you find that you have, you know, 10 bed sheets. you're going to put the bed sheets together, and then you're going to put maybe the stuffed animals together, and then you're going to put the Legos together. So whatever, whatever your different categories are, you're going to take the things out of the closet, and then you're going to separate them and sort them into kind of categories. And you want to do that with your thoughts as well. So everything that you write down onto paper, I would put them into Uh, categories like relationships, thoughts about yourself, uh, thoughts about your business, thoughts about your home. And so when you kind of start to see how you think about all these different categories, it will give you a really clear picture of what you're thinking about that aspect of your life. It kind of gives you a clearer picture versus just a random thought here and a random thought there. So once you have everything out and you have it sorted into a way that kind of makes sense or that gives you a, a clear picture of what's going on, now it's time to really evaluate those categories, right? Really evaluate those thoughts, evaluate those things. And I'm going to offer several different ways to evaluate them, um, but I also want to do more in-depth podcast episodes on each way to evaluate because this is just going to be kind of an overview today. When you're decluttering a closet and trying to decide whether or not you want to keep something, toss something, or donate something, you have criteria, right? You have things that you ask yourself. Maybe you use the KonMari method where you ask yourself, does this spark joy? Or maybe you have different criteria. Maybe you ask, is this useful? Do I have enough of this? Um, Is it tattered or torn or ruined and I should just throw it away? You know, you, you have ways that you evaluate it. And that's the same thing with these thoughts in your brain. You have to have kind of a way to evaluate them. So I'm going to give you some suggestions here. One that one way to evaluate your thoughts is to use the self-coaching model, which I really love this way of evaluating your thoughts. It really helps you understand how those thoughts are impacting your life. And I will do another um, podcast episode on the self-coaching model. But just some guiding questions for today that I like to ask is, number one, is this thought true? 
Is it true? And then if it is true, how do you know that it's true? And then sometimes those thoughts, those things that we think are false, they're not even true. And these can be things that we're thinking over and over and over again. They are lies that are deceiving us. And they can be things that maybe we were told uh, by other people whenever we were younger, or it can be just terrible thoughts we've come up with on our own. They can seem like kind of benign thoughts, but that just aren't really true. So that's a great place to start is to just ask for each thought, is it true? And if it is true, how do I know that it's true? The second thing you can ask is, is this serving me? Is thinking this thought over and over again, is it helping my life or is it making it worse? Is it bearing good fruit in my life or is it not? The third question, which can be really good to ask, especially if your answer to the second question is no and the thought is not serving you, is to ask, where did this come from? Sometimes we don't even know where a lot of our thoughts and beliefs come from. But sometimes if we sit and think about it for a while, we can we can actually kind of figure it out and we can trace it back to maybe a moment or an encounter or a conversation with somebody or maybe it's what somebody told us and that can help us evaluate that thought. Is that thought and is that belief coming from a source, from a place that we really trust and value? Sometimes we hang on to these thoughts and let them just kind of run wild and like fester in our brains that come from people that don't align with our values, that don't align with our faith. We we are heavily influenced by news media, by social media, by all the things coming at us all the time. You know, I think about even like some of the, some of the standards and unrealistic expectations we put on ourselves whenever it comes to something as simple as a kid's birthday party. I mean, you know, how whenever Pinterest kind of, Pinterest kind of blew up with, you know, all this all these beautiful like birthday parties for kids and then everybody thought they had to have these really elaborate yet handmade (laughs) birthday parties. I mean, there are things like that, these little beliefs that we end up having in our head that's like, where did that even come from? Where did I even get the notion that this is how things needed to be or how things were supposed to go? And this can happen a lot with rules in our business. Rules that some people just made up, you know? (laughs) There are some quote-unquote experts that think that you shouldn't start a podcast or do a blog or whatever until, you know, you reach a certain income level. And there are some that say, go do it from the very first thing. You know, there are some that say you should, you know, start out with digital courses and some that say, don't ever do a digital course. You know, there's, there's all these conflicting opinions everywhere. And it's like you just listen to them and no wonder so much so often we stay stuck. These different voices, this different advice, all this incoming information can really stifle out that spark that had us starting our business or going in a new direction or creating something awesome in the first place. And it can also kind of stifle out and make it where we can't hear the voice of God and his call on our life and what he wants us to do. So knowing where this thought came from can be really helpful um, in evaluating it. 
The fourth question you want to ask is, is there a reason to keep it? You would do this if you were decluttering, right? If you were taking things out of out of your closet, you know, you would look at it and be like, okay, like, do I love it? Who gave it to me, <laughs> right? And then you might say like, is there a reason to keep this? And so do that with your thoughts. Look at each of them and say, is there a reason to keep it? Okay, so those are kind of some questions to help you evaluate each thought. And now we're going to go on to the fourth powerful step, which is that, you know, once you've kind of evaluated them and you've decided that you want what you want to keep and what you want to go, unfortunately, we can't just take our thoughts and donate them to Goodwill right? (laughs) We can't just take our thoughts and throw them in the trash as much as we would really love to. It's just not that simple. It's a little bit more complicated than that because we are humans and our brains are just more complicated than that. So the fourth powerful step is that once you have the thoughts that you want to keep and the thoughts that you want to toss, you want to reinforce the thoughts that you want to keep. So if you're cleaning out your closet and you come across something that you kind of forgot that you had, but is amazing. And you're like, yes, I, I love this picture. I love this painting. You know, you don't just go and bury it back in the closet with a bunch of stuff. You say, no, I want to uh, display this and I want to enjoy it and I want to see it a lot. So maybe I'm going to put it on my dresser instead of throwing it back in the closet and burying it with a bunch of stuff. That's what you want to do with these thoughts that you want to keep. You want to take them and you want to nurture them and reinforce them and especially those thoughts that reinforce your faith, that reinforce your courage. You want to think them on purpose and look for evidence that they are true. Philippians 4, 8 through 9 says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Okay, so what do we do about those thoughts that fall short of that, that we want to get rid of, but that we can't just donate to Goodwill and we can't just toss in the trash? This is where coaching can be really, really helpful. Because beliefs and our thoughts, especially repeated thoughts, create neural pathways in our brain. Now, I'm not an expert on, you know, the particulars of the brain and how everything exactly works. I'm constantly learning, though. But from what I understand, we actually have these little grooves, like little pathways that are created in our brain. And so we can't just erase those. We have to create new neural pathways. Instead of continuing to go down that road by thinking that thought over and over and over again, we have to choose a new thought to think on purpose and create a new road, right? A new pathway. When you're trying to break a habit, which is kind of what this is, it's a habitual thought pattern, it's easier to create a new habit versus just try to break the old one. And so this is something that we work on in coaching together. So there you have it. Those are the five powerful steps to declutter your mind. Just to recap, the first one is to dump it all out, like dump out what is in your brain so you can see what's there. 
The second step is to sort it out, right? Put like with like so you can get a clear picture of what you think about the different aspects of your life. The third one is to decide what to keep or toss, just like whenever you're decluttering your closet. The fourth one is to decide what you want to keep and reinforce it on purpose. And then the fifth thing is to essentially get rid of what you want to toss. And we do that by continuing to take our thoughts captive, by disciplining our minds and creating new thoughts to think on purpose. If you're like, hey, I could really use a professional organizer to come help me declutter my mind, then I highly recommend that you check out coaching. Uh, I will put a link below and you can sign up for a free consultation. A lot of what I talked about today are things that we actually do together on the consultation. I hope you have a wonderful day and we will talk soon. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening and for hanging out with me today. If this podcast has blessed you in some way, I would love for you to share it with a friend and leave a review on iTunes. When you leave a review, it helps the podcast grow and reach more people. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon.